Welcome to the Warrior Families Movement, where we learn how to create lives and homes in which you and your family are all passionately engaged in using your gifts and the fight for good. I'm your host, Karen Bates, and I'm excited to journey with you as we learn to let go of the weights of distraction, perfectionism, comparison, and control so we can freely walk with courageous purpose and loving presence on our unique paths. Each episode is designed to shine light on a step you can take toward your inspired dreams and vision for lifting your family and lighting the world. Hello, friend. I wanted to talk to you today about something that I've been studying a lot and thinking a lot about, and that is the process of decision-making. I know some of you have some big decisions you're dealing with right now, like what should I do for a career or a job or should I change jobs or what should I do about my marriage or a relationship or should we move or should we buy this house or how should we educate our children or there's all sorts of big things that come in our lives as well as some maybe smaller choices that are also very important to us and we want to make sure that we're moving forward in the best way possible. But sometimes it's hard to discern, right? What is our desire? What is the best thing? What is God's desire for us? Are we conflicting those two things and not understanding exactly what's best? And how do we move forward with confidence? So I wanted to share an analogy from an experience that I had the other day that I think will illustrate some principles about this decision-making process. Um, At first, it may seem like it has nothing to do with your big decisions in your life right now, but just bear with me for a minute, and I will explain what this has to do with you. So I went on a hike the other day, and as I was hiking back down, I saw a driver's license in the middle of the trail. And I picked it up, and I looked at the picture, and I thought that maybe I had passed that person as I was going down. So I decided to run back up to see if I had passed this person on the trail, if this was their driver's license. So I went back up the mountain, and I got to the person whom I thought I had seen. As I got closer to it, I thought, oh, I don't think this is the person. But I asked, is this your driver's license? And she was like, no, I'm sorry. And um, then I remembered I had passed somebody else a little further back. So I decided to keep going just in case it was the other person I had seen. They both had blonde hair, and I just wasn't sure. So I kept going up the mountain. And I finally got caught up to the other person that had passed. And I asked her if it was her driver's license, and she also said no. But then she said, but you could probably look her up on Facebook. And I thought that was a great idea. I My phone wasn't charged at the time, so I couldn't check right then. But I decided to go back down, head home, and see if I could look her up. As I was getting closer to the trailhead, though, I thought, well, what if she's not on Facebook? Um, what if she's up on this trail, and I take her driver's license, and she can't find it? Maybe I should just leave it at the trailhead in some spot where as if she hikes down, she'll find it. Or if she's left and she'll remember that she was hiking and maybe that's where she dropped it, she'll come back and see it at the trailhead. But as I got closer to the trailhead, I started doubting this course of action as well because I wasn't sure if she would know where to look. There wasn't really a definite trailhead area. And and I worried that someone else maybe with not good intent might pick up her driver's license. And I wondered what I would want someone to do. And so I said a quick prayer before I left it there. I thought, is this the best thing or should I take this home? And then some thoughts came to my mind about why it would be wiser to take it home, that I would have a better chance of finding her that way. So I took it home and I did look her up on Facebook and I found her, sent her a message and she was still in the neighborhood. So she was able to come to my house to pick up her driver's license. Now, what does that have to do with you and your big decisions, right? 
Well, I want to compare this little experience to our walk in life. When I found the driver's license, I didn't know if it was best to go down the mountain right then. Maybe I would see her or if I should go up and try to find her. I chose to go up because that was the best decision I could make with the information I currently had. And even though it wasn't technically the right decision because this person had already left the mountain, they had already gone down, and I was going in the opposite direction, it did eventually lead me to the right place. I hadn't thought myself to check Facebook. It was a second girl that I ran into that suggested that to me. So that wrong decision ended up being a good decision because it led me to the right place. So I think we have to remember that it's best to move forward with what we currently know because we will have a better view when we move forward instead of stay still. You know, I could have stood there holding the driver's license, hoping that people that came by would give me some direction about where to go. But I decided to move forward instead because it would be faster for me to find people instead of sitting there waiting for them. And I was able to get more information in that process. And so the first principle I want to share about this decision-making process is that moving forward helps us see more clearly, moving forward with the current information that we have right now, instead of staying stuck in indecision and not knowing what to do. Just doing the best we can with what we currently know is a better option. And the reason for this is that we are usually stuck in indecision because we are afraid of making the wrong decision. I want to share the next couple principles of decision making through a story about a friend I have who has been thinking about homeschooling. But you can apply, but these principles can apply to you in whatever decision you're currently making. But she has been trying to decide whether or not she should homeschool her kids because she's been reading about some of the educational philosophies that are being fostered in the schools and it's been worrying her for a couple of years as she's noticed some of these changes and some of these things that are being taught. And so she keeps having this nudge that maybe she should try it, but she is worried because she is inconsistent. She's not very patient. She worries that she won't get along with her kids very well, that they won't listen to her. And so she's being held back by all of her fears about her own inadequacies. And so she puts her kids back in school because she doesn't know what to do. And so that's the second principle I wanted to mention is that when we are stuck in indecision, we are making a decision. We always default to what is either most comfortable or what is most socially normal. And that's not always the best thing for our family or for ourselves, right? We want to be able to grow. We want to get out of our comfort zone and we want to be led in our personal path, not just into what everybody else is doing. And so a lot of times when our decision is founded on fear, we get stuck our choices default to what is most comfortable or most socially normal. And the other problem with that is that when we continue to postpone our decisions and defaulting to what's normal or comfortable, we also condition ourselves to ignore those little nudges that are taking us out of that comfort zone, that that are pushing us into that growth zone. Being in a comfort zone is obviously more comfortable, but if we want to progress and grow, We need to be willing to step outside of that. And sometimes that can be kind of scary. And this is where making decisions becomes extra tricky because when we are afraid, our minds and hearts don't function quite correctly. As you know, when you're in that fight or flight response, you know, the animal brain, you don't think as logically and you don't think as clearly because you are afraid. And so how do you overcome this paradox, right? You want to get out of your comfort zone, but it's scary. And then when you're scared, you don't think as clearly and then you're not sure if you're making the right decisions or how to move forward. One of my favorite activities to take groups to at the ropes course is called the Leap of Faith. And 
it really illustrates this principle well. What we do in the leap of faith is we put on a full body harness and you hook the rope on behind you. The hook is between your shoulder blades and so you don't see the rope as you're climbing. It's behind you, like I said, and so you're climbing this tall pole and then when you get to the top, there's this platform that you stand on and then you're supposed to jump. And so there's this ring in front of you if you wanna reach for it or you can just challenge yourself to jump and some people will just walk off, some people will just scoot off, um, some people jump for the ring. But before people go on this challenge, I like to remind them that the sooner they decide to make that leap, to take that leap of faith, the easier it will be. Because if they make the choice when they're still on the ground and just get up there and quickly do it without thinking too much about it, they are much more likely to be successful than if they choose to wait till they're up there and see how they're feeling. And the longer they're up there, the more their emotions go into their animal brain and the more that they start to panic. And so it's so interesting to watch when people get up there and then they hesitate and then they start to panic. And, you know, I've seen people up there in tears because they're so afraid. And even though they've seen several of their friends jump and be completely safe, and even though logically they know that they are safe, they can't, their emotions take over and they start to panic and, and their instinct says, no, this is not safe. And so they don't think as logically as when they're on the ground where they made the decision to climb up this pole in the first place. We went to the ropes course for a family reunion in the summer and my mom, who is quite the thrill seeker, she loves challenging herself and, and roller coasters and thrill rides and things like that. So she thought she would be fine on this leap of faith and so she climbed up. She looked over the edge and she got really scared and she started going into that panic mode and it took her a little bit to finally be able to jump. But when she did, she got caught by the rope and she said, oh, that wasn't as scary. I could totally do that again now that I felt the rope catch me. It's the first time that seems to be the scariest. And I know that's been true for me too. The first time I did the leap of faith, I was super scared, but I've done it several times since then. And I know that the rope catches me. So it's not nearly as scary as it used to be because I've experienced it and felt that safety. So that is principle number four that I wanted to talk about today is that moving forward in faith, especially when it is unknown or scary, makes it easier to move forward in faith again when something is unknown or scary. The more we practice this faith, the more it grows. And that is how we grow our spiritual muscles so that we become stronger and less afraid of moving forward when we have big decisions to make. In my mind, when I'm climbing the leap of faith, I like to compare the rope to God because, you know, it's attached to my back. And so I tell myself, okay, God's got my back. God's got my back. And this makes it a lot easier for me to climb and to jump because I know that analogy it's true. God is even more safe than our rope, as well-tested as the rope is and as much as it can handle and as safe as all of our equipment is at the ropes course because it's all tested and inspected often. God will never let me fall. If I'm doing my best with what I know, he will make all things work together for my good. That is what the atonement was for and for the good of the people around me. I know I can trust that. And so my job is just to make sure that my motives are right, that I really do have a desire to serve him, that I'm moving forward in the best way I know how, in the most loving way that I can, and then I can trust him. Things will work out. He will make my, quote, wrong choices, like going up the mountain, turn out to be the right choices, that they will teach me something. Even my mistakes will be moving me forward towards him in the right direction, which is always the right choice, because each experience teaches me something. So that's principle number five, that things will work together for our good when we trust God 
and move forward, being motivated by our love for him. Even if it's not the perfect choice, it will lead us to the next right step. And so with these principles, I came up with a little system for myself that you can apply or adapt as you see fit for yourself, but it's a little system for making decisions. So step number one is to pray for guidance. And this goes along with praying always, right? Just kind of have a constant prayer in my heart that that God will guide me in my decisions and that he will help me know what to do and, and inspire me in the best course of action when the times come to make those decisions. And then when I'm not sure how to proceed, I need to study it out. And I can do that through scriptures, through prophets. These are all ways that help me grow closer to God. So they're good. They're important things to do, but I can't get stuck here, right? I can't get stuck here because I'm afraid of making the wrong decision and moving forward. So I can set it out the best that I can with the resources I currently have, the knowledge, abilities, time frame that I currently have, and just not be afraid to move forward with my limited perspective. Of course, I cannot know all that God knows. I know very little. So all I can do is move forward in the best way I can and trust God, that he will make it work together for my good. My job really at this point is to make sure that my heart is in the right place, that I'm not defaulting to the comfortable decision because I am afraid, but that I am doing the most loving thing that I can do at this moment, the most loving thing for myself as a child of God, and for others as his children, and for him and doing the work that he has for me to do. That motive, what is the most loving thing I can do in my limited perspective right now, will always lead me to the best outcome. And that gives me a lot of confidence. There's a scripture somewhere, I should have looked it up, but that says, perfect love casteth out all fear. And so it's this practice and moving forward in love in the best way I know how that will help me practice that love so that it starts to become more and more perfected and it can continue to cast away those fear and, and those decisions based on fear. And so that's step number three, is to just move forward with my limited perspective, my limited knowledge, with that confidence that I'm doing the best that I can with my limited perspective and with the motive of doing the most loving thing I can think of for myself, others, and God at that time and move forward with confidence. And then step four is to learn from the experience and then to repeat, to try again with my new found perspective, with the things I'm now more understanding of because I was willing to move forward and then just keep trying and practicing this. And that's what this life is about. That's how we grow in faith is to just move forward in the best way we know how, trusting God that he will help things work together for our good and practice that love, that love for him and for his children, for ourselves. So I hope that's helpful as you're making decisions, this little four-step process and these five principles I talked about. Again, I'll just review those principles for you. Principle one was that moving forward helps us see more clearly. It's better than standing still. Principle two is that when we get stuck in indecision, we're going to choose the norm or what's comfortable because we're being driven by fear. We're afraid of making the wrong decision. And then principle three is that postponing decisions that take us out of our comfort zone will condition us to continue to ignore those calls. And we don't progress as quickly because we are not moving forward in faith. And so principle four is that moving in faith, especially when it's unknown or scary, makes it easier to move forward in faith. Again, we practice that love. And then principle five is that things will work together for our good when we trust God, move forward, being motivated by our love for him, for ourselves and for others, even when it's not the perfect choice, it will lead us to the next right step that will help us see more clearly and move us towards him, which is always the right choice. 
So I'm just going to end with a quote that a friend recently sent me when we were talking about this decision-making process. It's by Richard G. Scott from a talk called Living Right. He said, as you walk to the boundary of your understanding into the twilight of uncertainty, exercising faith, you will be led to find solutions to the challenges of life you would not obtain otherwise. With even the strongest faith, God will not always reward you immediately according to your desires. Rather, he will respond with what in his eternal plan is best for you. Your exercise of faith will forge strength of character available to you in times of critical need. So I encourage you to move forward in faith, forge that character, grow in that power, and see what amazing things God has in store for you on your personal path and personal walk with Him as you reach out to His children and help them back to your heavenly home. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit awarriereducation.com. And I'll see you there.